Coming up on The Potter's Touch. God will shine a light on your life and prove I gave you the job. You weren't even qualified, but I gave you the job as a sign. I'm the God that brought you out so that whatever you face in the future, you can look back at the sign and say, surely the Lord is on my side. Hey everybody, I'm so excited to have the opportunity to be blessed of the Lord, to share the Word of God with you. I'm a blessed man and I pray you're walking in the blessings and the power of the Holy Spirit. The message today, you're gonna get a whole lot out of it. That's the name of the message. It's powerful, it's provocative. I want you to prepare your hearts and minds for what the Lord is going to say through His Word. Take a look. First Kings chapter 18, verse 44, when you have it, say amen. amen. Let us read in concert. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. Can you say amen? Amen. The fascination to me is that in the center clause of the 44th verse, it says, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. Just a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And I want to preach from that tonight you're going to get a whole lot out of it. It may seem little now. It may even look insignificant and of no consequence. Yet, the Lord said to me to tell you you're going to get a whole lot out of it. I have a message for prayer warriors. If you've not been praying, in all likelihood, I'm not talking to you. This message is for somebody who's had some issue on the altar. And you've been needing God to move on your behalf. The Lord sent me tonight to tell you that your labor is not in vain. 
you shed tears and wondered, did your tears matter? You've agonized in your spirit and wondered, did God hear the groaning of your heart? In spite of the circumstance that confronts you at this present moment, God said you're going to get a whole lot out of it. I don't know how to define a whole lot, but whatever you think that a whole lot is, it's more than that. Uh, don't despise the day of small beginnings. You're going to get a whole lot out of it. Often when we accept Christ as our personal Savior, we step into a world that is very foreign to us we come into an awareness of a spirituality that we never knew existed before. We're bombarded with a sense of eternal life that we'd never known before. And when we're born again, it does not mean that we are outwardly changed as much as it does that we were inwardly changed. And we become a cognizant of the fact that we are a spirit, we have a soul and that we live in a body. That spirit that was dead because of sin is quickened according to Ephesians 2 and 1 and brought back to life again. And you have the quickened who were dead in the trespasses of sin. And so something that was dead is made alive. And in regards to our flesh, something that was alive is then in a process of crucifixion. And there is a transformation of our, of our personality that is staggering, staggering. All of a sudden, the thing that we used to brag about doing, we now are ashamed of doing. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I would not suggest that when we're born again that we never do anything that we used to do. I've, I've heard that assertion, but in reality, after 23 years of, of pastoring and, and 26 years of preaching, I've engage with enough people to recognize that often we do some of the same things that we did before, but our attitude about them are so changed that, that it is a frivolous pursuit to continue to do them because somehow we don't get the pleasure out of them that we once did. And so God walks us through stages of transformation and in that process there's a certain shame and it's amazing to know that the same person can do the same thing that brought them great pleasure before and now it brings them much shame because there is change in their lives. Change. And so there's a certain disorientation that comes when you're born again because you almost have to get to know the new you. Who am I now? Who am I now? I, 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 I tend to think that I am the center of my world. And so if I cannot locate me, being able to locate others doesn't seem to really help me. Uh, people who cannot locate themselves enter into relationships and end in great frustration because they know who you are, but they don't know who they are. 
And so when you're born again, there's a disorientation because you have to redefine who am I in the context of Christianity. Who am I also embraces who are my friends now. It, it is foolish to assume that the people who were your friends before will remain your friends now because you are no longer who you were before and, and your world changes. Who are my friends now? And in the process of understanding that, who is my enemy now? <laughs> because when you become born again, you begin to fight the very devil that was once a part of your fraternity. And I believe that it takes a while even for you to understand that you are engaged in a warfare because you wake up into a new world and you step into the church arena and you meet Christians. <laughs> And, and all that goes along with that, and it's new music, you change your music style, and it's new fellowship, and, and you, you start dressing with church in mind. You go to the department store and you start looking for something, you know, you used to look for something that was busted down in the front and ripped up in the side. And, and, but, but, but now you start thinking differently because your whole world is being transformed and, and you step into this new society where, where people are seemingly loving and, and warm and bright and kind and affectionate and sensitive and for a while you're just enumerated by the atmosphere that surrounds you when you walk into a wonderful service like this and you sense such glory. It takes a while for you to recognize that even after all of this glory that there is an undercurrent, there is a warfare, there is a battle that you soon begin to recognize that you have to fight, that, that, that God has not brought you into a, an eternal party where you just blow whistles and wear hats and have fun and dance and shout and jerk and fall out, but there is a restricting force fighting you. And you begin to understand that, that good preaching isn't really about who can hoop the best or, or uh, who's got the nicest style or who wore the best suit. It, it really becomes the, uh, an opportunity for you to arm yourself against that enemy and that restricting force that you have to fight. Often many people don't even know that you're fighting the fight that you fight. And all of a sudden you begin to understand that you need faith. Somebody say faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, and by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things that do appear were not made from things that do appear, that the, that, that, that the concrete was made from the abstract, that the tangible was made from the intangible. This faith, this, this, this secret weapon of the believers is so relevant that at least five times in scriptures it declares that the just shall live by faith, not by feelings, not by finance, not by friends, not by fans, not by associations, not by fraternities, not by denominations, not by organizations. The just shall live by faith. And I don't care what people tell you today, faith is not contagious. 
You can't sit by somebody who is a believer and get their faith by being around them. It cannot be imitated. You can't dress like somebody who's got faith or walk like somebody who's got faith and really have faith activated in your life. Faith is a personal experience born in your life measured by your ability to withstand opposition and affliction. It's not popular today, but I teach here at the Potter's House, you can't measure my faith by the length of my car, nor the size of my wallet, nor the magnitude of my jewelry. I know it's not popular, and I know I draw some criticism when I teach this, but you can measure my faith by my ability to stand up against opposition and, and say stuff like, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. When you see how tough I am in the battle and how relentless I am when all hell is breaking loose, when you see me stand there sick and say, I still believe he's a healer. If I can stand there with no money in my pocket and say, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. Now you're talking about faith. Joy is getting ready to come into your life and you will not remember anymore. Your mind is going to be wiped clean. That attitude is going to be changed because now sorrow has transferred into joy. Are you ready? I want you to jump up and holler joy. One, two, three. teaches to me a very profound and prolific understanding of faith in conflict. He does it in three powerful, absolute, didactic ways that I want to illustrate for you tonight and I will be out of your way. If you get down these three things, I will get out of your way. Number one, he gives us a sign. Number two, he gives us a sound. And number three, he gives us a storm. A sign, a sound, and a storm. Lord, help me tonight. 450 prophets of Baal coming against him on every side. And God said, go ahead and build me an altar. Dig ditches and pour water in the ditch and stand back, because I'm going to give you a public sign. Good God Almighty. Have you ever had God give you a public sign? A sign that shut up the mouth of your critics. A sign that proved to everybody that the Lord was on your side. Have you ever seen God stand up for you when the devil thought he had you surrounded and everybody was prophesying he'll never come out of this alive and yet God proved himself and he gave you a sign. 
Oh, y'all don't understand what I'm talking about, bitch. When you get a sign like that, it'll make you dance whether you got rhythm or not. When you get a sign like that, you'll have church in your living room. You'll get happy washing your dishes. Say, Lord, I thank you. You didn't let me be ashamed. Everybody was looking at me, but you brought me out. Oh, y'all don't understand what I'm talking about. See, it's one thing for God to bring you out in private, but it's another thing when God brings you out in public. Everybody looking at you and God brings you out. It will make you praise the Lord. I want somebody to give him a 10-second praise right now. Now God says, I, I give my believers a sign that I'm with them. An open public sign. It can't be a secret sign. You can't get out of here and get on Interstate 30 tonight and have a secret sign showing you how to get on 35. No, no. It's got to be a public sign. It's got to be a light on it so everybody can see it. When God gives you a sign, it won't be a secret sign, but God will shine a light on your life and prove gave you the job. You weren't even qualified, but I gave you the job as a sign. Other people are jealous of you right now because they had more qualifications, but you had more God. And if God be for you, uh, yeah, you're not gonna And the Bible says that fire fell from heaven. Somebody holler, let the fire fall. Licked up the wood, licked up the water. I can understand fire licking up wood. Fire is supposed to burn wood. Heat is supposed to evaporate water, but the Bible said it got so hot it burned up the rocks. When God gives you a sign, it'll burn up stuff that said it would not be burned. God will move people that said they couldn't be moved. God will move obstacles that said there's no way you can get this. There's no way this loan can come through. There's no way you can buy this house. But God will just give you a sign just to let you know. I just want you to know that you're my child. I want you to remember that I'm the God that brought you out so that whatever you face in the future, you can look back at the sign and say, surely the Lord is on my side. Oh, I wish there was somebody who had a sign, a sign, a sign from God tonight. and you look for a sign, God won't give you a sign. 
You look for God to do what he did before. Have you ever asked God to do what he did before and he wouldn't do it? And you said, Lord, I'm in a dry place. If I ever needed some encouragement, I need some encouragement right now. Do for me what you did like last year, just, just to encourage my heart. And he didn't give you not one sign. It's amazing how God will love you and let you stay in a dry place. I know what it is to be preaching and see everybody shouting and drive home in a dry place. <laughs> oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. To be honest with you, you can shout all over the church. Get in the car and go home in a dry place. No lubrication, no moisture, no, no water of life, no saturation of presence. You're just in a dry place. And a dry place can last a long time. If, if you know what I'm talking about to be in a dry place, just, 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 just. For the dry place, God gave no sign. God gave no sign. He just gave a sound. Elijah said, I hear a sound. Everything is still dry outwardly. But in my spirit, I, have you ever heard something in your spirit that was totally different from what you saw in your situation? It's almost an oxymoron. It's a contradiction of circumstances because outwardly I can't see anything anywhere, but in my spirit I hear a sound. God will give you a sound. He said, I hear the sound, not just of rain, preacher. But he said, I hear the sound of an abundance. Somebody say abundance. No, you didn't say it right. Say abundance. Yeah, that's the way it is. Boom, abundance. In my spirit, I hear something so completely different from my situation that it's driving me crazy. And I thought it was just my imagination. And I thought I was just losing my mind. But I hear a sound of an abundance. Somebody say abundance. See, somebody's in such a drought that it's hard for them to even say abundance. They've been without so long that they no longer think abundance. They no longer feel abundance. Is everything's been dry so long that they no longer talk abundance? Have you ever been in a dry place and all of a sudden God was talking to you about greatness while you were in weakness? God was talking to you about going into business and you just lost your job? God was telling you to buy a house and you're backed up 
on your rent. God was telling you you was about to get married and your boyfriend left you for somebody else. Have you ever had God tell you about success while you were dealing with failure? Have you ever had God tell you I'm going to do a new thing while you're going down with an old thing? Somebody touch somebody say abundance. I'm going to stop there. It's been a real joy to share the word of the Lord with you. Some of you, just like Elijah, have been praying fervently, and all you have to show for it is this little cloud of an answer. You've been faithful and hang on to God's word that he gave you, but you've only seen a little piece of it, just a little joy, just a little favor. Be encouraged. That cloud in the distance is the sign that God is about to rain blessings on your entire life. Those rumblings you hear is the sound of victory coming. The storm is coming. God's full release of favor. Don't just sit there waiting. Prepare for your breakthrough. You're going to get a whole lot out of a small thing. Let me also say thank you once again to all of you who have become members of our GPS, my global partner systems. We're partnering together. That's why I'm on television. I'm able to partner because of their giving and support. Not only that, GPS partners enable us to feed the poor, to build water wells and medical centers around the world, to help ex-offenders get back up on their feet and so much more. If you would like to become a partner, and I hope you do, I want you to go to tdjpartners.org today and find out how you and I can partner together in doing something that's bigger than ourselves. The three things everybody needs in order to survive is food, shelter, and clean water. But for some, those can be hard to come by. The Global Partner System Initiative was created to help us reach every nation. Through our international humanitarian outreach, MegaCare, we provide food, clothes, clean water, and medicine to areas around the world. Visit tdjpartners.org to become a part of our Global Partner System. Receive God's keys to unlock a blessed life with more favor, more faith. You gotta buckle up, ride it out. Every blessing I ever had in my life, I had to ride it out to get it. When you give to the ministry of any size, you will receive Bishop Jake's message, You Are Blessed and Highly Favored on CD, and your very own 31 Days of Favor journal and print. God was talking to you about greatness while you were in weakness, telling you to buy a house, and you're backed up on your rent. I say abundance. When your gift is $70 or more, you will receive our three message series, More Favor, More Faith on CD, the You Are Blessed and Highly Favored CD, and 31 Days of Favor Journal and Print. If I pray right, I'll go to the next step, but God said, no, you're going to skip steps. Step over it! When your gift is $100 or more, you will receive the More Favor, More Faith 3 message CD series, the You Are Blessed and Highly Favored CD, and 31 Days of Favor Journal and Print, as well as a designer blessed and favored mug set. Be forever blessed with More Favor, More Faith today. You know you go to church too much, you got biblical pictures in the house. You done had somebody paint you in the picture. She got pictures of Jesus with the Last Supper. She on the end of the bench with everybody else. Just giving comics a platform. I think it's so dope, man. It's so so groundbreaking. All I told my daughter, I said, listen, listen, you need to drink your juice after you, after the meal. Out of nowhere, my mom just, you better stop. You better stop yelling at my grandbaby like that. You better stop. I'm like, hold on, mama, aren't you the same woman that threw me off the roof? What is this? 
Kick off your career in the film industry at mega-fest.org and register for MegaFest 2017. Click on International Faith and Family Film Festival if you dream about acting, writing, directing, or feel called into the film industry in any way. Hollywood has come to you to help you with any and all questions. Make contacts that will last a lifetime this summer at MegaFest. See you in Dallas June 28th through July 1st. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Touch.